You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So today I want to unload just a couple little thoughts about wide receiver. Um, Richard was kind of kind enough to jog a couple thoughts, and then uh, just a little, just a common highlight reel that I saw on Twitter also kind of sparked a couple thoughts that I had. Uh, One in particular, but just in general. Beyond that, I don't have a ton of thoughts, so I'll just say it now. Congratulations to J.C. Treader, former Green Bay Packer, for being the new head of the NFLPA. He got uh, nominated, which is actually seeming to be a pretty awesome thing. Because it sounds like you had two very, very anti-guys, two very big no proponents. One, I mean, just very angry. One of the guys actually dropped out and is now suing the NFLPA. Then you had Acho, who obviously was very um, very much in the yes column and was also somewhat militant in that regard. I, I played his audio and he had that line about, which I actually like that line, but I'm, I, I agree with him, so it seemed less offensive to me. But superstar economics. J.C. Treader seemed to be the sort of, I guess you could say, moderate candidate. He... Um, Similar to a few other people, he laid out a very big list of things to keep an eye on, and a lot of people thought that it was because he's another no-vote kind of a guy, right? Uh, David Bakhtiari was retweeting all his stuff. Turns out J.C. Treader did vote yes. So he, he was a very both-sides kind of person. He looked at it and he said, look, there's a lot of bad stuff. I'm not super happy about it. However, I acknowledge that it's good for a lot of people. And his basic, I guess you can call it a platform moving forward, was the big thing he wants to focus on is unity probably because he realizes how divisive this has been amongst players. And so it's I'm actually very happy to see that he is the one that ended up... I really thought it was going to be one of the super staunch, no-vote kind of guys, you know, dig your heels in, get as much as you can, which in a way kind of makes sense, right? That's that's your job as the head, is to make sure that your guys get as much as is possible. But um, anyways, congrats to J.C. Treader, former Green Bay Packer. I don't know if that comes with a salary. I'm guessing it has some kind of a perk, but either way, you know, way to go. Otherwise, the Green Bay Packers did make a hire. I forgot to mention that yesterday. Not a whole lot to say about it, but we'll talk about it. And then just a few other uh, thoughts, questions, notes that uh, came up throughout the week. So anyways, make sure you are in the green... (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's going to be a good one today, folks. Make sure you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. You like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. If you'd like to support the show, you could leave a five-star iTunes review, leave a Stitcher review, subscribe on Spotify, or if you want to get involved um, in some of the giveaways or see, for example, my big board or anything that I throw up occasionally, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can help support the show for as little as a buck a month. 
Again, this month's giveaway is going to be a draft guide, and if we get 23-ish, 22-ish more patrons, it'll be a PFF subscription. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break, and we'll start talking about some stuff. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Today's episode of the Packer Night Podcast is sponsored by The Athletic, which is a subscription-based sports news site for real sports fans. Again, the reason you take the plunge and pay for content when it's free all over the place is the fact that, number one, you've got no advertisements, you've got no pop-ups like ESPN that just will not stop, or NFL.com with the... It's the worst thing ever. Trying to do something and it just starts blasting in my ears, and now it's doing this thing where it like it's loading, so I can't even pause it, because the video's not even playing, but the audio is. And, and probably the biggest thing for me is there's no clickbait. I don't know how many times I've had to go back and look at things and and part of the reason that there's a large amount of content for this show is going back and saying look i know this is what everybody's saying but this is what actually happened i know this is what the article says and it's spreading like wildfire all over the social medias but this is what there's none of that because they don't need that because their money comes in because of the subscription not if nobody views their article it doesn't matter i mean it does because eventually it goes belly up but the point is getting you in the door with quality and after that all they have to focus on is quality and i'm telling you it's there which actually surprised me i did not expect it but i wanted to take the plunge i did and i'm telling you it's real um they've got high quality people that are able to provide the quality again jay glazier mike sando michael lombardi just to name a few you get things like exclusive player profiles deep dives on analytics uh team power rankings fantasy sports insights and just NFL insights in general. Again, it's it's the perspective from people that have it that other people just don't have. We got some very talented bloggers out here in Packers land, but they've never been in the, you know, standing next to the GM in the war room during the draft to be able to give you those kinds of insights. So if you're ready to get started or if you just want to check it out, now is a great time to do it because if you go to theathletic.com slash overtime, you're going to get 40% off of a yearly subscription. That's theathletic.com slash overtime. Just go check it out. All right, where to begin? How about with Butch Berry? The Green Bay Packers signed Butch Berry to be offensive assistant for the Green Bay Packers. Um, Every comment that you find on social media is negative, primarily from Miami fans saying this is a terrible hire. Butch Berry was the offensive line coach. He was there for a year. Here is my understanding of the situation. Basically, offensive line was horrible 
And so when people are hearing this, they're like, dude, this is a terrible hire. Just, you know, whatever you do, let him be an assistant. Just don't ever let him anywhere near your offensive line. Here's the full story on that. As I understand it, Miami underwent a horrific purging of their offensive line. You know, guys that graduated, went to the NFL, whatever the, the case may be. Whoever was left was bare bones and terrible. And so essentially what they went through was very similar. I'm reading a book right now that talked about how Tony Dungy came in and, and turned around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to turn them into a formidable uh, unit after being basically the worst team in all of football. And essentially, the I mean, it's a completely different way of doing it, but it's one of those things where everything is just horrible. And a big part of it was him coming in and just getting the guys to believe in themselves. You know, in other words, I've got a way of doing it. I just need you to believe it and stop listening to people when they tell you you're the worst ever. Because it, as it turns out, you kind of are. <laughs> it's, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not, it's not good. But I've got a plan, and we're going to work through this. That was the situation with Butch Berry. He was kind of brought in to be the motivational speaker. He was there to come in and get these guys to believe in themselves, um, despite the fact that, in fact, these are terrible football players. And that's just kind of how it went. Now, I don't know the full details on expectations or if things were worse than it, but that's my understanding of how that dynamic went. And so that's sort of the impression I get from him. He's sort of this, I don't know, positive, rah-rah kind of guy. I don't don't know, when he got hired at uh, the University of Miami, he posted a thing on his social media that was sort of a motivational speech from... I forget who it was, uh, the the old Cowboys coach that was in Miami, whatever. A name that everybody, including myself, should know that's escaping me. Anyways, when he got hired by the Green Bay Packers, he did the same thing. He posted on his Twitter a uh, motivational Vince Lombardi quote. So, I, again, I don't, I don't know a huge amount about the guy. I know that Miami folks don't super care for him, but again, the expectations were super low, and maybe they just don't want to admit it. They had a group of offensive linemen that are not suited to be starting offensive linemen, even in college, and his job was to try to get them to believe in themselves, and they probably did for a very short period of time until they realized this thing ain't working, and then no amount of rah-rah speech um, can really turn that around. Again, and I don't mean to minimize him as a coach saying that's all he brings to the table. I'm just saying that's the impression I get in terms of his strength is, you know, whatever. I suppose it should also be noted that he is a Wisconsin native, so he was probably very, very excited for the opportunity to be able to come in. I, I don't know that. Maybe he hates the Packers, whatever. But um, the opportunity to come in and, and be a part of the Green Bay Packers staff, it's not a very high up position, so I probably don't even want to elaborate anymore. But luckily for all of us, I don't have any more information. So we hired Butch Berry. There you go. Plus his name is Butch, so it's a good start. A football coach named Butch is uh, at least a step in the right direction. That's solid. Anyways, the compensatory picks had come out yesterday, a little bit later than expected, and everything kind of went as expected. That is to say the Packers got nothing. Um, If they could award less than nothing, they would. The Green Bay Packers received, obviously, a lot more than they lost. They went wild with uh, picking up people. Not a lot of guys left Green Bay and went and got massive contracts elsewhere. And so um, they were not even close to getting anything. The Patriots, again, over the cap does a thing where they basically estimate what the compensatory picks are going to be. I don't know exactly how close they were, and I don't really care to compare one to one. But basically, the general outline is what happened. The, the, the Patriots came away with the absolute most. They got, um, 
I don't actually know. I, I think they were expected to get two th- additional third-round picks, which is massive. I mean, third-round picks are no joke. Even way at the back of the third round, you got some potential there. And I think they were expected to get, yeah, two-thirds they got, 98th and 99th. So they get back-to-back picks in the third round, which is just wild. And an, adi- an additional two sixth-round picks, which you know my thoughts on that, especially since it's a con- compensatory sixth, which basically makes it two seventh-round picks. But two-thirds is massive. For the most part, I don't super care about compensatory picks. The Packers used to get that all the time under Ted Thompson. He thought that that was the greatest thing ever because he loved giving away guys and finding creative ways to get talent. And very rarely did our compensatory picks turn into superstars or even contributors for that matter. So again, I would rather be on Goot's plan, which is let's just go find talent and not worry about compensatory picks. Because as I, as I said in the past, you don't get compensatory picks unless you lose in free agency. Which Ted Thompson didn't mind because he didn't like free agency. Free agency is when you overspend for stuff. So I want to lose in free agency. Losing in free agency means we didn't overspend and everybody bought our overpriced, you know, I'm fighting the urge to say garbage because it feels like the right word, although I don't mean that toward the players. Going to buy our overpriced individuals. I I don't know. I I don't know. How do you say that and not sound offensive? I'm not sure. You get the point, though. So, no compensatory picks for us, but if you want to see the official uh, draft layout and who gets what picks, now we officially know what it is. You can go check that out. There is another name that um, has emerged as far as a linebacker that has been cut that people may be interested in. That is the uh, Cleveland Browns linebacker Christian Kirksey. Kirksey was a third-round pick back in uh, 2014. Six foot two, 235, kind of fits that prototype. Not actually the worst linebacker in the history of the world. If you just look at his PFF grades, the last two years have been horrible. Before that, he was, he was kind of just, he was average. I mean, overall grade was average. 61, 69, 67, 62. It was just 2016 and 2017 when he had emerged as an actual starter. In, so those were the 67 and 62 years. His tackling has always been super, super on point. It's everything else that kind of fluctuates. Those last two years when he was actually, not last two years, but the two years where he was a starter, run defense wasn't actually that bad. However, his coverage completely fell off a cliff. So this is similar to kind of Blake Martinez. I don't know if it was a different person coming in and changing scheme that completely flipped everything for him. He went from being terrible against the run and great in coverage to being good against the run and terrible in coverage. Just a very weird dynamic. And again, the thing that scares you the most is the last two things t- things were terrible, which isn't exactly the f- full story, but the full story isn't m- necessarily much better. In 2018, um, in September, he had gotten a hamstring injury. They put him on IR. 2019, he's scheduled to come back. He plays two games against the Tennessee Titans, New York Jets. Terrible games. His tackling, which was the thing that was the best for him, was terrible in those two games. Everything was pretty bad. And then he goes on and hurts his chest. The expectation is he's going to be out for three weeks. They discuss possibly needing to have surgery on his chest, and they decide that he does need surgery. They put him on IR again. So he's been on IR for the last two years. He's played uh, nine games in the last two years, seven of which were 2018, so uh, two this past year. And in the last two years, he's only had one game where he graded out even somewhat competent, which was week seven against Tampa Bay. 
So it's not the the worst flyer in the history of the world if we think that the injuries were kind of flukish and not anything to be you know worried about in the long run as far as reoccurring injuries. I don't think he's ever going to be a superstar, but he could be one of those people that is a really good investment because with back-to-back injuries being on IR, he's going to be super cheap, and he's really just looking for a job. Uh, but apparently he's already got some visits lined up. I don't know who those teams are, so I can't say for sure if it's the Green Bay Packers, but it would make sense if the Packers were at least looking at him. Uh, he's the kind of guy especially that you want to bring in because you want your medical staff to take a look at him and see how he's doing because that's really going to be the biggest question for Kirksey, not so much his play because your your personnel staff probably has a pretty good beat on what your assessment of his play is. You want to get him in, get him moving around, you know, see, see his mobility. You know, would he, if he's got a bunch of injuries, especially hamstring injuries and everything else, I mean, that, that's what you got to check out. But at 27 years old, I mean, again, depending on injuries, he's got some tread left. So I'm not opposed to it. I wouldn't mind it uh, for super cheap, but I, I also don't know that it's much more of an upgrade over a guy like B.J. Goodson. He would be another sort of B.J. Goodson. He's just sort of a guy that can be there as a Band-Aid. But if we really want to solve a problem, we're going to have to do that in a draft. Or, you know, Corey Littleton, I suppose, although I'm not quite as high as a lot of people. That would be, if, if you want to solve it in free agency, as far as I can see, that's the only guy that's available that's, that has the potential to be that guy. And again, I don't expect the Packers to actually acquire him. So speaking of, and also talking a little bit about clickbait, as I did in the advertisement, I want to point out a couple of articles um, from Packers Wire. And I've mentioned in the past how I'm a fan of Zach Cruz, but it sounds like he's really starting to embrace the clickbaity um, titles these days because there were back-to-back things that I saw on Facebook basically saying things that spread like wildfire across social media. But you know when you click on it, there's nothing there. So the first one I want to highlight is has a, a shred more truth to it, but the title is The Packers Are Expected to Target top inside linebackers in free agency with a picture of Corey Littleton. Now, the problem I have with this is the only way this and the other article I'm going to reference are true is if we have something direct from the Green Bay Packers. Otherwise, we just have speculation. So, for example, right out of the gate, he has a paragraph before he talks about linebackers saying, Packers GM Brian Gutekunst wants to add a receiver or tight end before the draft. This is according to Rob Domofsky. If you click on because he cites it, he has a link to it. If you click on it, there is a source, but the source is not from the Green Bay Packers. The quote from that says, Those familiar with the Packers' thinking told ESPN that general manager Brian Gutekunst plans to make a run at Austin Hooper. Which doesn't even make sense. That's, that sentence doesn't even make sense. Because it's a definitive statement. You're saying he does want to. But I'm sorry, if, if you're just familiar with the way that they think, in other words, maybe this could be a former employee of the Green Bay Packers, but the way that this is phrased is somebody who has familiarity with the way that the Packers think and operate. That's not a definitive statement. That's saying, based on what I know about the Green Bay Packers, they're looking at them. So that's not definitive. It sounds like they probably are, and they probably are, but let's be serious about what we're talking about. So even that paragraph, before he even gets to linebackers, is shaky at best. Then it says, the Packers also want to come away with a veteran inside linebacker. Okay, how do we know that? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily doubting it. I'm sure they would love that. But what, what, where are we getting this from? So it says, various reports have linked the Packers to at least three of the available top linebackers. Then there are the three, Corey Littleton, Joe Schobert, and Nick Kwiatkowski, and links to all the different 
things. So the Corey Littleton thing is weird. This is an article written by uh, Bill Huber for Sports Illustrated. And the the only thing that we have to go on is the first paragraph that says, As expected, the Green Bay Packers' number one priority among this year's free agent linebackers is L.A. Rams' Corey Littleton. How, How do you know that? Where did you hear that? Who told you that? What are you talking about? No idea. He just goes on to talk about Littleton after that. So I don't know. Maybe he has a source that told him that, and, and again, what, what does that mean? Does that just mean that he is the, the one that they view the highest? Because that's true among everybody. That doesn't mean they're going to make an honest attempt at going to get him, even if they pick up the phone and call, which is the problem with some of these other linebackers. Again, sometimes teams call just to gauge the market. So we have to be careful with statements that they are trying to get somebody unless you hear definitively from a source that knows that they are trying to get somebody. Otherwise, you're just making that up, which is clickbait. Just throw the word seems as though. Indications are, based on best available evidence, it would appear, whatever, but don't make definitive statements that they are doing this, that, or the other. And again, yes, they've been linked to um, Corey Littleton, by Bill Huber, with no other available information. Again, maybe he has some good information. I don't know what it is, based on what you you cited me. The Joe Schobert one is probably the most definitive, because this is, and this is what I'm looking for. When you tell me that there are sources, here's what it says. According to multiple agents who have been tracking the free agent market, the Packers are exploring what it would take to sign former Wisconsin inside linebacker Joe Schobert. That's what I want to hear. It was agents, which makes sense because the agents are listening and they're finding out who's calling who. And they heard about phone calls from the Green Bay Packers. Now, again, we don't know their full intention, but this to me is a very good source. So I'm, I'm buying in on this. Now, I don't exactly know their motives. I don't know if they're super high on them. I don't know if they're low on them, but maybe for a low cost, they would explore it. I, I don't know the full intention, but this to me is a very good, you know, lead or whatever. And the title is fantastic. Packers are exploring a bid for Brown's free agent inside line. They're exploring it. They're calling about it. It doesn't say they're trying to get. doesn't say that they love him or they want him. doesn't say anything. They're exploring it, which is exactly what it is. Thank you, Tom Silverstein and Jim Ozarski. And then finally, probably the worst one, uh, Nick Kwiatkowski. The source on Nick Kwiatkowski takes you to Twitter where Aaron Nagler says the Packers are going to be in on Nick Kwiatkowski, which is not Aaron Nagler saying, I have a source telling me. It's him saying, this is somebody they're going to like. That's not a lead to anything. What are you talking... So so basically, this whole thing is made up. The Packers are expected... L- let me rewrite this for you. I'm expecting the Packers to target top inside linebackers based on all the buzz, most of which is nonsense, surrounding the Green Bay Packers, plus the fact that I know that we need inside linebackers. We know they've called Joe Schobert... We know that Bill Huber says that Corey Littleton is the best available linebacker, I guess, and we know that Aaron Nagler thinks the Packers will be favorable toward Nick Witkowski. I mean, come on, man. And the, and, the, and the problem is, again, the real only reason I'm bringing this up isn't to dog on the guy. It's because I see it all over social media, and I see articles like this all over my Facebook group. And so then, you know, there's a tons of, ton of likes and comments and woo, let's go. And here we go. I knew it, man. And there's a picture of Corey Littleton like, whoa, they're going after Corey Littleton. It's happening. Literally, the only thing we know is that the Packers have called and asked questions about Joe Schober. That is everything that we know so far. And we kind of sort of mostly know it. 
it's sort of possible that this is made up, but it would feel more made up if it was Joe Schobert's agent that leaked it. This, according to that source, multiple agents who are listening, keeping their ear to the ground. And again, this is how Packers news gets leaked, because the Packers are very tight-lipped. Maybe beside the Patriots, they're probably the most tight-lipped organization out there. So the only way anything gets leaked about the Packers is when somebody else leaks it. Another team that has a bunch of loose lips are like, hey, the Packers called me, Rappaport, just letting you know. They do a great job of keeping stuff under wraps. So anyways, there's that, and then there's one other article. This is also by Zach Cruz, and again, this is another um, another tight end thing. So I already referenced one paragraph where he mentioned tight ends and cited a different article, which was sort of nonsense. This is his own article about it, citing a second nonsensical article the title which again is the biggest issue here packers confident in landing top shelf replacement for tight end jimmy graham what does that title tell me the green bay packers organization brian gutekunst not only is intending to go get austin hooper he's confident that it will happen this is literally maybe not necessarily austin hooper could be hunter henry whatever literally what the title is telling me i'm intrigued Where are we getting this from, Zach? Here are the sources. According to Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, the Packers' expected decision to move on from Jimmy Graham would signal the team's confidence in landing a top-shelf replacement. In other words, because we're getting rid of Jimmy Graham, well, that must mean they believe they're going to get another guy in free agency. Wow! That is entirely speculative. Beyond that, it's false. There isn't a single person... That is a Green Bay Packers fan that felt that that uh, Jimmy Graham would be back. And not one Green Bay Packers fan has ever said, you know what we should do? We should get rid of Jimmy Graham, but only if we get somebody else. No, no, no. I don't care if we don't get anybody else. He needs to go. He's too expensive. We need that money more than we need Jimmy Graham. Now, we, we should probably get somebody else, and a free agent makes the money. I've, I've said that if there's a free agent that we're going to target, I think it's tight end. Just based on the way things are going, the needs line up very well with the Green Bay Packers. As far as we need linebackers, there's very good linebackers. We need wide receivers. There's very good wide receivers. We need a tackle. There's very good tackles. The one thing that doesn't super line up is tight end. And we also know that they go heavy after tight ends that are veterans, and they spend a lot of money on tight ends. And it, it, everything just kind of makes sense. I don't mind the speculation, but let's call it speculation. Albert Breer is not a source telling you, quote, Packers confident landing top shelf replacement for tight end Jimmy Graham. That is nowhere in this article. This is speculation from Albert Breer, and it's nonsensical speculation. I'm speculating that they're going to get a tight end for reasons that make sense. Albert Breer is speculating it for reasons that are dumb. They're getting rid of Jimmy Graham? Wow, they must be super confident they're getting another veteran. No, sorry, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But there, wait, there's more reports here. It's not just Albert Breer. Um, Ian Rappaport confirmed Jimmy Graham is not expected back. So that actually doesn't help us very much. But, it, I mean, it, it helps confirm Albert Breer. But then that brings us back to, again, Rob Domofsky's article that says, those familiar with the Packers thinking told ESPN that general manager, Brian Gutekunst, plans to make a run at Austin Hoop. Now, again, maybe just the way that's worded makes it sound like a former Packers employee, which I'm sure guys like Rob Domofsky have a massive Rolodex, and a lot of those guys have gone bye-bye, and especially the guys that have gone bye-bye are going to be the ones that are willing to talk. The guys that are in the organization can't talk about this stuff. They can't tell you what they're going to do in free agency. So you talk to former employees, and then in your article you say those familiar with Packers thinking... 
um, parentheses, but don't actually know what's going on, close parentheses, think that Austin Hooper would be the target. Which, again, does make a lot of sense, but let's not pretend that we know that. Now, if if I'm wrong, Rob Domofsky can feel free to come out and correct that, but he should probably write that better, because, again, his article is also a little bit misleading based on what it sounds like he's saying. So, again, what is it we actually know? We know that they called about Joe Schobert, but we don't know why. And we know that people are expecting the Packers to go after Austin Hooper, which makes sense because the fans and everybody in the universe is expecting the Packers to go after Austin Hooper. So that's not super insightful. And again, to write articles saying that the Packers, we're talking Brian Gutekunst, are not only targeting him, but are confident that they will land a top-shelf replacement, that is just a false statement. So, I, I look, I don't care. You write whatever you want to write, but because I'm seeing it all over social media, and my job with this podcast a lot of times is to tell you what's going on, I also sometimes, a lot of the time, because of articles like this, have to tell you what's not going on. And this is something that is not going on. I guarantee you they are making calls about Austin Hooper, Nick Kwiatkowski, everybody, because Brian Gutekunst has already told you it doesn't make sense to not pick up the phone and call, which also completely devalues the Joe Schobert thing, which is hilarious. Because, of course, they called about Joe Schobert. They called about everybody because Brian Gutekunst has already told us that he does that. We know that they do that. They're calling about everybody because it's a fact-finding mission. We want to know what the market is for certain positions. We want to know all the information that we have. We got our pro personnel department that grades out all these players. We have the, the market. Where is it set at? What do these guys want? What do the agents want? And we take all this information and we draw out a battle plan when we tie that in with the draft and try to come up with a plan for the 2020 season. But what is the bottom line? The bottom line is we don't know a single thing about what the Packers are actually going to try to do. And they're going to probably try to get a lot of different guys, most of which they're going to lowball because they're just, you know, again, it's, it's, it's no different than anything else. I do this all the time when you do Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or whatever. I want to spend 20 bucks on something and I find it on there for $50. It took me a while to, to build up to this to where I wasn't embarrassed to do it, but I, I just ask. As much as it seems ridiculous, I'm willing to pay 20 and that's it. Why not just ask? Maybe they're willing to give it up for 20 You know how much junk I have that if people would just make me an offer, I would happily give it to them? And several times I will, I will make an offer that is absurd. I want 50 bucks for this. Hey, look, all I got is 20 Would you possibly take 20 I'll come pick it up from you right now. I got cash on me. All right, yeah, I'll do 20 Boom. Great. Awesome. Right, so and I, I doubt that happens very often in the NFL. But the point is, the, it, I get the impression from Brian Gutekunst that that is his his mo. There's no reason not to. We're we're gonna interview as many people as we possibly can. We're gonna bring in as many people as we possibly can. We're gonna get eyes on as many people as we possible possibly can. We're gonna call on as many people as we possibly can. We're gonna make offers on as many people as we possibly can for what we view to be a good value. Most of the time, we're gonna get shot down. Also, very similar strategy I was told in high school about uh, finding a lady friend. I thought it was crazy at the time. It's actually not terrible advice. Just ask. So what if they say no? A lot of girls in this school. Not super romantic, but the, the, the logic is there. You want to go to the dance and you don't want to be by yourself? Just ask everybody. Somebody's going to say yes. Unless you're me. Then, <laughs> then, then they don't. I didn't take the advice, so I don't actually know. I didn't ask anybody. I'm, I'm just saying... There's no harm in just spraying bullets, man. Just just let it fly and see what hits. There's value out there. But if you're sitting on your hands and just not doing anything and you sit back in a lab and just 
try to figure out what I think the the one move is going to be, and we're going to try it, and it turns out that's a dead end, and now I don't have a plan B because I haven't been investigating absolutely everything, then I have just lost out massively. Brian Gutekunst will not make that mistake. He's going to call on everybody. Again, the, the negative there is that we don't know anything. The bigger negative is that we get a bunch of clickbaity articles. And, and the, the funny thing is, even when we don't have information, we get clickbaity articles about things that are speculated to happen, except they don't even use the word speculated. They just say this is going to happen according to sources, which is just, let's call it what it is, that's a lie. But again, whatever. I, I, I've already told you I use clickbaity headlines for my stuff, but I don't, I don't lie. It's just trying to summarize my ramblings in the most salacious possible way I can come up with. And usually, it's not very salacious. I'm not going to lie to you, though. (laughs) I can't even imagine, like, after this episode, putting a title that says, Packers targeting top free agent. Just to get you to click and listen to find out what it is. And then, surprise! I don't actually even talk about it. I just wanted another download for my podcast, because ka-ching! Just ring that cash register, son! You know how much money I get per download? Is like a hundredth of a penny. Sucker. <laughs> and again, I, I hate to be the curmudgeon. I hate to be the guy that just ruins the fun because that's just a fun thing to do. Like, look, guys, we're going to get Austin Hooper. And everyone just celebrates. And I come along and I'm like, actually. But guess what? I'm just going to do what I do. If you want to just believe fantasy land stuff, stay on social media. Don't listen to the podcast. And then read all the clickbaity articles you can. Don't subscribe to The Athletic. Just read clickbaity articles. Man, you're going to be in cloud nine. The only thing that's going to suck is when the conclusion of free agency happens and none of this stuff that you thought were going to happen actually happens. The things that you were told are definitely going to happen don't happen and you are going to be miserable because you believed a bunch of lies. So again, you figure out what strategy you want to go for. I'm not, I'm not going down that road. I'm going to tell you what I believe to be the honest truth. So anyways... Why don't we, since I remembered for the first time ever, try to slide in a little quick break here. We'll be right back and talk about a couple other bits of information. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So a bit of information from a source that I trust a little bit more that as far as I know isn't super clickbaity. Mr. Tony Pauline. He has been spending some time at uh, different pro days or at least getting information from different pro days. And there was one interesting bit of information as far as the Green Bay Packers are concerned, and that comes out of the Oklahoma State Pro Day. Now, the, the big draw for Oklahoma State is cornerback A.J. Green. As far as I know, there's there's no relation, and it would be weird if there was. That's the same exact name. However, there was a second guy that some teams seem to be keyed in on. One of those teams is the Green Bay Packers, and that is offensive lineman Marcus Keyes. Apparently, he had a fantastic workout. Six foot four, 315 pounds, arm length is 33 and 5 eighths inches. 
Now, this is obviously going to be a very late round prospect. He's not going to be an early round sleeper or anything like that. I just went to check because I don't have mine readily available, but I went to check the draft network because they've got a pretty big list. He's not even on their list at all. They have nearly 400 prospects. But um, the exact quote from Tony Pauline on this is, the Carolina Panthers, Baltimore Ravens, Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, Colts, and Seahawks are all showing interest in keys. Now, again, what does interest mean? Does this mean they're going to draft him? And, and for all I know, they actually hated his workout. It really just means that they were over there watching him. In other words, it also probably means they, I mean, they went there for a reason. They, with all these pro days, only certain teams go. So the reason I find this more relevant than something else is because literally the Green Bay Packers sent people to this pro day for a certain reason. Now, you want to go to as many pro days as is humanly possible. You try to go to all of them, but you'll find out, especially these smaller schools, there will be times when there's like six teams that are even at this pro day. And again, if teams are going to go there, a lot of times they're there to watch one of these prospects. However, there's a secondary guy that some teams seem to be keying in on, and it seems as though the Green Bay Packers sent representatives to go check out this Keys guy who's an offensive tackle. Again, it doesn't mean they're going to draft him because they have a 1-32 in chance of actually getting him roughly speaking. And it also doesn't mean that they actually necessarily like him. They may have thought he's a possible fifth, sixth round candidate. And after that workout thought, nah, maybe we'll take a flyer on undrafted free agency. Again, the information is scant, but just a name to keep in the back of your mind, not only necessarily for him in particular, but the fact that they're putting in a lot of work on offensive line the fact that they're putting in work on late round offensive linemen right we know that they met with a lot of the top linebackers basically all the top linebackers at the combine or wherever they didn't meet with a lot of the top offensive tackles though so you know again they could get a tackle they could do whatever they want to do but where are they putting a lot of their work a lot of second round linebackers they met with or or late first round linebackers they met with they met with a lot of wide receivers and they're doing a lot of homework or at least some homework on kind of sleeper, latest round offensive tackles. Usually not the greatest strategy in terms of finding great talent, but I'm, I'm just saying I find it interesting. That's, that's all I'm saying. It's just, just little, little, little tidbits. By the way, you know what I want? I doubt Zach Cruz listens to this, but if any writers out there write articles that are clickbaity, source me once in a while. Just put, you know, Pack Daddy from the Packernet podcast says the Packers are super interested in, uh, in Marcus Keys that they're going to draft him in the fifth round. They're actually going to trade up for him. Just, as a matter of fact, let, let me say that sentence right now so you can take it out of context and write your article. According to sources, the Green Bay Packers are going to take Marcus Keys in the fifth round. They're actually going to trade up to do it. Go ahead and take that. Put it in your article. Because you can literally quote it, because I literally said I'm just saying I want to be in a clickbaity article someday, someday so that it blows up and everyone freaks out and they call me a liar and then I can you know come out and defend myself and stand before the... Supreme Court, Constitution of the United States in my right hand, make some kind of a speech. I don't know. I don't know how these things work. Just saying, think about it, all right? <laughs> Maybe I'll start writing my own clickbaity articles, citing <laughs> citing myself as the source. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. I think I'm going to do that today. It's going to be a parody article, but it's going to be, I don't know. I think, I literally think I'm going to do that. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. They're just going to share it all over the, it's, I'm doing it. I don't even care. Anyways, enough talking to myself. Since we are running short on time, I just want to bring up the wide receiver thing real quick. Um, first of all, there was a post, which there have been several thousand of these over the years, but basically just highlighting what a great route runner 
Devontae Adams is. It just kind of hit me for some reason. Maybe it's just because of the way that things are going, and I've obviously been much more negative than I'd like to be recently. Part of that is just because it's the offseason, and you just, just, there's, you know, every little thing becomes a big thing. When, in fact, a lot of this stuff isn't big things, right? If this was the regular season, I probably would barely even talk about half the stuff that we're talking about. The other part of it being calorie restrictions. I get a little snippy. Also, lack of sleep. It, 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 it builds up over time. I'm sorry I bit your head off, all right? But the, the thought occurred to me that there have been guys in the past that I'm sort of just discovering how special they were. Because in the moment, it's just like, yeah, we got good wide receivers. But you look back at them, and it's like, dude, I didn't even know. I didn't realize that this is sort of like a once in a generation. You know, Charles Woodson. I knew Charles Woodson was good. We all knew Charles Woodson was good. I didn't know that 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years from now, we're still going to be looking back going, dude, Charles Woodson was so good. And realizing that that's such a rare once-in-a-generation talent, and he played for the Green Bay Packers. He was a Green Bay Packer. You know, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers even. I don't want to look back, and and there's going to be a time when we just have okay wide receivers. That's going to happen at some point, presumably in my lifetime. Same with, you know, we, we've seen it with edge rushers, right? We had Clay Matthews at in his prime. We had Clay Matthews, who was decent, with uh, Julius Peppers, who was a great addition. And it just I just feel like I didn't quite appreciate and I don't, I don't know how to up my appreciation, but the bottom line is he he is and the whole argument about is he a top five is he it's dumb. He is an unbelievably rare and unique caliber of wide receiver and the only way the only thing you need to recognize that is how likely is it you're going to find anyone in the draft that has the amount of skill that he has as a route runner if, if every single person person in the NFL was available. If they just dissolved all the teams, started a whole new franchise, and just started from scratch, and the number one thing you wanted was a great route-running wide receiver, who's the number one guy you're going to take? Maybe it's Keenan Allen or something, I don't know, but there's a good chance Devontae Adams is the first one gone, because he's literally, at this point in time, arguably the best route-runner in all of football. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just saying if you're like me and you're, you're, you're laser focused on we need to get better, and, and we say sentences like all we have is Devontae. We just have Devontae. And, nothing. and I know the intention isn't to demean Devontae, but I'm just saying it, 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 it just becomes a thing. It feels like it's not enough because that's literally what the statement means. Devontae isn't enough. Again, it's, it's in no way meant to demean. I'm just saying in the back of your mind it wears on you. And so I just want to take a little bit of a time, a little bit of time to appreciate Devontae and encourage you to go out and find a couple highlights of that man and just appreciate what he brings to this team because he is special and good on Ted Thompson for being able to draft the guy, for having the vision to be able to see what he could be to stick with him. Not that it was super debatable because it didn't take super long. See, there's a super. I found, I caught one. I probably said it 15 times already, but I finally caught one. I'm not allowed to say super anymore. Anyways, just, just just go find one and just appreciate it just for today. That's that's your homework assignment. As a matter of fact, even better than that, go find something and post it in the Facebook group. If you find a highlight reel, if you find something on Twitter, whatever it is, post it in the group so we can all just marvel at Devante today. That is Today is Devante Day. And then secondarily and finally, uh, Richard in the Facebook group said, um, I was thinking about how you feel about receivers and worry when it's all speed or some other aspect, and that's it. I get it. Is that on Green Bay's roster? 
He says the answer is equanimity. He ran a 4-4. I think he's 6-5. So as, as I've been saying, everybody says Marquez is the really tall, really fast guy. Equanimius is pretty similar. He's not quite as fast, but he's a little bit taller. He is 6-5-4-4, technically 6-5-4-4-8. But that, I mean, that's still very fast for a really tall guy. I mean, he, he's quick. He is fast. He goes on to say the thing that stands out is that you never saw him go deep. It was a short pass and turning it up or a mid-drop in zone. He knows how to get open in that way in comparison to MVS. Equinemius is a lot like Lazard, but faster. Think on it. Here's the thing. I've been in on Equinemius. I actually, when we drafted a pile of guys, I was out on Equinemius just based on the name because everybody was super in on him, and that's just my mentality. When everybody says Equinemius is the guy, and the reason was he was expected to go early. He was expected to be a third or fourth round pick, probably a third round pick, and he fell, and the Packers got him. And whenever that happens, people get jacked up. Plus, he's a, a name that people know. There was a whole thing about the, the St. Browns. Uh, he's got a brother, Amon Ra, in, uh, uh, what is it, USC, I think. He's expected to be a relatively early pick. He's got another brother somewhere else. I forget who that is or what happened with him. But anyways, I, I there was all this hype, and I'm like, whatever, that's not my guy. Jamon's my guy because he went first, and he went for, first for a reason. Equinemius, he fell, he fell for a reason. But once I actually went and watched these guys play, Equinemius was my favorite. I went and watched college tape. I liked Equinemius, and my thought after watching him in college was actually, I think he would be a big slot. I never really understood the whole big slot thing, but when I watched him play, he just felt like a slot receiver. His best attribute is his route running and his ability to get open in, in small spaces, exactly what Richard said. I agree 100%. I am a fan, and it actually gets me excited because I think he could be a surprise breakout player. And I don't usually say that, especially when you get a later-round guy who hasn't done a ton up to this point. You know, people get hyped up, and my general thing is, look, he's not until he is, so, you know, let's not get super hyped up about a a late-ish round prospect. But imagine we go out and we get a wide receiver, say first or second round. He ends up being a legit outside, you know, we get a, a, a T. Higgins or Jalen Rager, whoever, and it's a guy that just goes outside. And then, surprise, surprise, we have a slot receiver. Because that's kind of a question, right? Who's our slot guy? It's it's not really Geronimo. He's not very good at it. Marquez can't do it. We know Devontae can, but you don't want him to just be your slot guy. He's great at it, but, you know, you want him to be what he is. He's your number one, man. He's your ex. Get him out there. I think Equinemius makes perfect sense. I've always said that that's where he fits best. I think he is a very good route runner. I think when he actually gets on the field, he, he does a great job. I think he's got great hands. I just, I've just i been a very big fan of his. He was going to be my number one guy last year. He was the one that I was expecting to be the guy, and he ended up on IR. I think there was a good chance that he would have been, I mean, especially considering how terrible everybody was this past year. I mean, everybody seemingly took a step backwards. But, I mean, this isn't just me saying, oh, let's remember we got this guy and he's 6'5 and 4'4". Four, four. Like he said, it's not so much the traits, it's the fact that when I actually watched all of these guys, when I watched Jamon, Equinemius, and MVS, Equinemius became my guy, and my contention again was, put him in the slot. Put that man in the, and I I just, I think it, and it just, it comes together perfectly, because you're not going to draft a slot guy, as much as I want KJ Hamler, for a team that has two wide receivers a lot, that's the formation that they like to run out of a lot, it's, unless you can put Hamler on the outside, which I'm not convinced of, it just doesn't make a huge amount of sense. I want him desperately, but he's going to end up sitting on the bench a lot. But you don't mind as much when it's Equinemius. He was a later round guy. He's not going to be a super elite player, but I think he can be a good player. Especially when, let's just say we do get Austin Hooper. Let's just say. So we got Austin Hooper, right? We got Devontae. We got over there, we got, uh, who's sort of a, 
let's say Denzel Mims. I, I don't know. And then you got Equinemius. Who's the one you're least concerned about? It's going to be Equinemius, right? You're, you're designating resources already to Austin Hooper. You got your number one guy over there on Devontae. Your number two, which again, in the NFL, most teams don't have a solid number two cornerback option. So if we get a legit number two, that's already a massive mismatch. Austin Hooper is a mismatch. Even though he's not a super elite tight end, tight ends are just in general a mismatch to linebackers. So that's already probably going to be a mismatch. Who do you have on Equinemius? And again, even teams that do have decent enough slot corners, and some do, he still does have those extra attributes. Most slot corners are going to be built like Jair. Well, not only does he have quick routes, and he runs a 4.48, which is not slow. The guy's six foot five. If he's even got a centimeter of a step on you, Aaron Rodgers can put that thing high and away, and it's caught. It starts to you start to envision what it is we want for this offense, which is just a team that is so stacked. It brings us back to the days when we had five. Basically, guys that could be number one wide receivers on other teams. We had, you know, Donald Driver, blah, 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 right? Depending on the team you go to, these, this guy could be a legit number one threat on another team. We had five of them. Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, I will never get tired of saying this, were the number four and five receivers on our team. And those were the days when we just picked everybody apart. And yes, I'm one of those people that say, we, if you're new to the party, get used to it. That's how I roll. And that's how you should roll, too. Embrace it, man. Come on into the fold. But yeah, I'm all the way in on it. I've been all the way in on it. And again, especially if we stack a bunch of talent, it's only going to accentuate Equinemia, right? If, if, if it's Devontae and we do nothing and Equinemius has to be the number two, we're probably in trouble and Equinemius is going to not play very well and everyone's going to say he's trash. If it's Devontae and a tight end and a better wide receiver and then Equinemius, he can beyond thrive beyond thrive i don't know what's beyond thrive but he can do it i promise you that anyways i gotta get going you folks have yourselves a fantastic wednesday i will i hope it's wednesday i will talk to you tomorrow have a good one bye-bye